Welcome to React Roundup. I'm your host for this week, Jack Harrington. And with me are my esteemed colleagues, TJ Van Toll. Hey, everybody. And Paige Niederinghouse. Hi, everyone. So this week we're going to do something spicy. <laughs> and we're going to do a panelist episode. We're going to, it's going to be kind of spicy. So I do want to encourage folks to get on the Discord server. And if you think, oh, man, that was just a terrible hot take or whatever, then just you know, let us have it on the, on the Discord server. Okay, so... <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to address controversies this week. This is the controversies episode. And this to be any kind of controversy in, in the sort of technology space, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a round robin style. So each one of us is going to pick a controversy. But here are the ground rules, y'all. You can't say, yeah, well, what is it? It depends. You can't say yeah, it yeah, depends. Yeah. You just put the, your foot in the ground. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you got you to think it's there. Right? <laughs> Which is, is so hard. Because, I mean, how many times you heard, you know, your principal or your archer is, oh, it depends. You know, whatever. <laughs> so, no, it depends. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there. And we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So speaking of that, I will get us kicked off here. And I'm going to do a little bit of a lightweight one first. TypeScript versus JavaScript on the front end. What say ye? (laughs) Well, I can start. I'll pick TypeScript. And I feel like I've, I can say that more authoritatively now. Actually, Paige and I just spent some time working on an app that was had been started before and was built with just JavaScript. And it was my first time going back to like a JavaScript-only app in a while. <laughs> and then really having that experience makes me remember how much I miss TypeScript, right? Or how much, I, how much I've come to rely on on TypeScript because it's I I almost regret the the very first thing when we started working on that app should have been just to set up TypeScript honestly because in the end it, we would have ended up net saving time from doing it mm-hmm. just because all the little silly things you hit that you don't realize unless you have TypeScript in place. Okay, well I think it is going to be TypeScript in a walk here. So let's let's add a little bit. Let's make sure that you say because I imagine there's somebody on here who's like I'm still JavaScript all the way. Where <laughs> give me a reason why. So what is it? What what saved your butt this time? What what was like the thing that you lost coming from JavaScript back into TypeScript? And you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. TJ, well, the, yeah. we had to we had to rename some variables, for example. Okay. And what do you know? There was when we did the uh, rename. I didn't do a good enough search throughout the project. And there was one that I forgot to rename. And of course, JavaScript doesn't care, right? It'll just right. go on its way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out it subtly broke something in a way that was not immediately obvious that ended yeah. up causing some time 
to debug. There's also just like communication between different, like just good old fashioned, like parsing issues because you don't know what type things are. A lot of it was just the convenience, like not having code, com- like type ahead, code complete. You'd be working on like, okay, yeah. well, I need to render the latitude longitude here, but you can't type like dot LAT and get exactly <laughs> what it is. It's like, oh crap. Well, what did the back end call it? What did they call it? Latitude? Did they call oh, it yeah. LAT? Did it call it like underscore, like position underscore lat? Like, right. So right. now all of a sudden you're opening three more files to find this <laughs> stupid thing. And mm-hmm. it's just so little true. things like that. So true. Yeah. So true. Okay. Paige? I did get myself with a foot gun for that same project. After we had deployed it, it turned out that there was a bug where half the time the data wouldn't be fetched fast enough and the component would try to render without data being there. So it would give you the white screen of death instead. So just, it would have been great if I had had that this is a required prop that has to be passed down before the the component can render. So yeah, TypeScript, I, I like TypeScript for the most part. Sometimes it just gets so complicated trying to figure out what shape this type should be or what interface. When you get beyond strings and numbers and booleans, it can get a little hairy trying to define things. But by and large, it is very helpful and has probably saved us from a lot of little bugs that would have otherwise just, you know, like TJ said, JavaScript would have just been like, sure, I don't know what this thing is, but I'll just keep on running. And you'll have no idea why it's not there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I think since this is supposed to be like hot take controversies issue, like I think my my position on this has changed because I used to say TypeScript for like bigger projects, like company mm-hmm. professional projects, but like JavaScript is probably time for smaller things. And I think my take on that has changed. So just like, just use TypeScript. Like honestly, even if you're just using, building like a smaller little thing, because the more you use it too, the more you get used to it's sort of strange edge cases and so you get mm-hmm. caught up on them less yeah. as well so yeah. i'm i've fully on team typescript at this point <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm fully on team typescript too obviously i think done a whole series on it or whatever it, w- why i would say well for like just in the react case i think typing a component is way better than using prop types right so yeah. prop types yeah you know, you, like one you prop types only run at runtime and so if you don't go and exercise your entire UI, y'all, you haven't actually tested it. And they only warn you, right? And they're only in dev mode, right? So you don't know. And when you do that thing, like DJ said, where you change a prop name or you change the shape of something and you change a, a field, then whoops, you know, now you don't know. And in, but in, in TypeScript, you run your build and boom, you know, and that's and when you refactoring, it is huge. Huge! You just go and change something. And you're like, here are the 16 places you use it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, do, do you want me to change it for you? Yes, I. Well, I yes, I do. I would like you to do all my work for me. Thank you very much. And I think the other thing about it is, I think people it, like VS Code is using TypeScript on you anyway. Like it, it's it's it knows the TypeScript bindings of you know knows the types of of React. And I think when you're in a JavaScript app using React, it's still giving you the hinting. That, you know, from React itself, right? So if you like that hinting, just help yourself out. You know, hint yourself, hint, hint with your own <laughs> data types and all that. Cool. Okay, well, I think we've I think beaten this horse to death. Way so. too much agreement. This yeah, way, <laughs> yeah, 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 no controversy. <laughs> Paige, Paige, make us, make us controversy. Okay, so a controversial thing that I will bring up is class-based components versus functional programming. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh for, that's okay. 
because I've been on both sides. And if it was me just working on a project, I probably reach a lot less for classes. But I know that there are plenty of use cases where it turns out that those are the better solution or a solution that other people might reach for instead. So what do you guys think? Okay, I'm, I'm going to jump in here because TJ got the last one and I'll, I'll jump <laughs> in first. So I, for me, it's, it's functional co- programming, functional components in a walk. There's no, there's no, not even any question. In fact, I'm, I'm doing a video where I'm talking about this and here are my three reasons. One, clearly the preference of the React team itself and the direction that React is going. They, if you looked at the old docs, the old docs are all in class components and the new beta docs are 100% functional components. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that because number two, the state management model is just hella better in React component and functional components versus class components. In class, Functional components, use state and use reducer, use effect, use memo, all that stuff. We even with their janky dependency arrays, is a full on state manager built right into React. It's a it's a reactive state manager, and you don't get that on the class side. And the and the result is you get all these awesome hooks. You get like ten stack React query and blah, all the animation stuff, and you just lose out on all of that. And then third, I think if you learn the functional stuff first, learning class stuff is just wicked. Wicked easy, you know. It's, it's you know, if you go on a project that does that, it's just you know. I think you're gonna be pick it up and easy, easy. So there you go. That's my take. All right, I'll chime in here. I hate hooks. I <laughs> really <laughs> we need we need a controversy here. I I think mm-hmm. use effect is the most awful API. It's it's like trying to explain it to someone. It makes no sense. Like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's air prone too. It's basically like a oh foot gun yeah. because you can cause oh, all sorts of problems. You can cause problems that are very hard to debug, problems yeah. that can get through into production, problems that can like create memory issues, some of the worst things to debug. I don't know. And I feel like that's honestly the biggest thing that I prefer from some of these newer frameworks, the the spelts of the world, some of the newer ones that are coming up, because that's the main thing they're sort of changing up over React, or at least the main benefit I see, because they're also recognizing, I mean, I'm focusing on use effect, but like even even hooks like use state, like they're they're very confusing APIs. There's a reason that people like Jack have to make YouTube series on this because <laughs> they're, they're not APIs. Like you have to go to his YouTube videos to understand what they do. Yeah, you're not just going to... You're yeah, not, not yet. Yeah. They hit it over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Like until you get burned by use effect, you don't know. Oh, like, Lord. You know what it actually does. So the points that Jack's saying are all very true. Like, I mean, I still use hooks in my apps because mostly because it's the direction React is heading. It's the direction you see like samples online, right? Like it's harder and harder to find class component examples if you f- look oh, yeah. on Stack Overflow and everything. So I'm using hooks, but I'm I'm I want to make it clear that I'm doing it begrudgingly, and it is not my <laughs> it is not my preference. I love it. I, use I love it. it. I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, yeah. yeah okay, exactly. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Okay, classic. <laughs> Paige? I mean, I I am on team hooks mostly because <laughs> I I learned them and I for the most I will say for the most part I understand them. I totally just like I got myself yesterday though where I had this component that was re-rendering and I needed the previous state before the re-render and fi- finally figured out that's what was happening that the state was getting wiped out by a use effect and had to use a use ref. But 
yeah, those things we shouldn't necessarily have to be aware of. Or if you weren't aware of it, you would have spent more time than I did trying to figure out what was going on. (laughs) But at the same time, everybody is going towards hooks. So if you're in the React ecosystem, you're going to probably want to use them as much as you can, just because that's the way React was built. And if you want to do it the React way and keep up, hooks is hooks is it. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of sad, huh? Like, you know, everybody's like, just hold your nose and do it. It's like you <laughs> eat your veggies. You know, it's like, nobody's like, Ooh, wow, hooks, man. That was the greatest model since everything. And I think it, it really comes down to the fact that like Svelte and Solid and all the other pure reactive frameworks, they're all mm-hmm. compiled, right? And so they get the advantage of saying, oh, look, we can track the fact that you're depending on that variable over there. Right. And automatically, magically do this Update for you, it. right? Mm-hmm. Update it. As opposed to use effect, which is basically you have to manage those dependency arrays yourself. And then everybody gets into the, oh my God, do I even like, do I put it in the dependency array? Do I not put it in the dependency array? Is it a reference? Blah, 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 blah. And it's just, yes, it's like, throws and there's error. no way. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the best thing you can do is not screw up. And that's never the greatest thing <laughs> when it comes to architecture. I mean, with the use effect, there's five ways to shoot yourself in the foot and there's one way to do it right. And we all like do the five ways and then do them. Finally. Maybe you get it right. <laughs> okay. Exactly. DJ, you got a you got a controversy for us? Why don't we do like a mini like lightning round here? Okay. So yes, please. how about the classic tabs versus spaces? Spaces. Two spaces when it comes Page. to React. I would say spaces, but I've recently seen reasons for tabs. So I guess a lot of it yeah. depends on how big your IDE is and how much indentation you want. <laughs> <laughs> How's the murky answer, Paige? Come on, tabs or tabs or spaces? I guess I'm going to go tab spaces. Also, okay, I am also spaces, but I will say that my, I it, it kind of depends on just what I'm familiar with working with because mm-hmm. back when I did Java development, there th- was an entirely tabs ecosystem, oh, yeah. and I would have argued for tabs just because of familiarity. But now, like the JavaScript world, mostly uses spaces, so I'm I'm there. But I, I will say that you get used to it, like. Now it's it's more that like I just want to use what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, I think it's it, yeah yeah it's wherever you go. Anyway, you were saying lightning round. So what's our next lightning round? All right, light theme or dark theme? Oh, dark theme without dark a doubt. Theme. Dark theme everywhere, all day, wherever I can. <laughs> <laughs> my IDE, it. my browser, my database, GUI, all of it. <laughs> I'm all I'm done dark theme in VS Code all day long, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I guess I got the auto switching thing on, and it's kind of cool. Like like halfway through the evening, it's like boink, I'm dark, and I'm like, oh wow, it's it's nighttime now. And nice. <laughs> I kind of want to try that. So I'm Team Light theme here, Ooh. but I feel like I'm like a dying breed because it's, <laughs> it feels like everything's moving dark theme. And I do it partially because doing a lot of Devrel work, I have to share my screen a lot, so. I tend to keep all of my stuff just like white background, black text, just very, very simple for like the highest possible contrast. So my terminal is that my VS code is that because like I share my screen or take screenshots so often that I got sick of like having to switch things over. Like if I you know had something I needed to share and then over time, I just got used to it. And then that's just my personal preference. But I have been needing to experiment with the stuff like some of the tech that automatically sort of shifts your colors based off time of day, just because I'm sort of fascinated by that. But I've I've never bit the bullet and actually tried that out. It's just a setting on OS X. It's like, OS X. It's just like you know, it's auto and it just goes from light to dark. I don't know, it's light right now. <laughs> 
right, do we have another lightning? All right, favorite browser? Probably Chrome. I've just been using it for so long. And I know that it tracks everything and Google knows way more about me than <laughs> anybody ever should. But it just, everything works in it for the most part. Even We even have some particular features of some of our websites that depend on Chrome because that's the only one that has like serial interfaces built into it so you can do things. So Chrome. Chrome, yeah. I'm, I'm just so used to the dev tools. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm so I'm, I'm bringing these up, Parsec, because I know I, I can generate at least some controversy. I'm, <laughs> I, controversy. I, I am a Firefox fan, and I also feel like I'm a dying breed there. But uh, I like Firefox, partially because it just runs so much faster and uses so much less memory than Chrome. Mm-hmm. And I, I first this became a problem for me when I was doing live streams and my actual CPU usage and memory usage was an actual concern because I was sharing a video stream, I was sharing my screen, I was running the streaming software. And then I noticed like Chrome was also using like an outrageous amount of <laughs> of like CPU resources mm-hmm. to the fact that like my high-end MacBook Pro couldn't run it and all the streaming software at the same time. And so that's one reason I've liked Firefox. I also just it just feels snappier to me. And uh, the dev tools are actually quite good. The Chromes are definitely better. So occasionally I need to switch over when I'm really getting into something specific. But for the mo- like the common stuff you do for web development, right? I need to go in and tweak some CSS Console, values or, inspect element. or log yeah. or like the simple things. Those work just fine in Firefox. Yeah. So it's it's very rare that like I, I need to go like really advanced debugging and dive into something that's really deep into Chrome. That does happen. DevTools are definitely better there. But if you haven't, if you're frustrated by Chrome at all, you can come over to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that reminds me of another controversy you can do. Go for it, Jack. But well, I I did have one in the back pocket. So that's Redux versus anything else. And you got to specify what the anything else is. I mean, if I had to, oh, if oh, I had to choose right now, there. I would go with. You do context. have to choose right now, <laughs> just to <laughs> just to be clear. Okay, yeah. so wait. Well, yeah, I didn't I, get that. Context, just the context. Oh, okay. okay. Don't even go for an external state management tool because the times that I've used it in the past, it turned out that we didn't need it after all. You know, everybody is so concerned about storing everything in their state manager. And it's like, I can count on one hand the amount of times that we actually ended up using or updating that state again in in the application. So I think by and large, you just don't need an external state manager most of the time. Okay. TJ? Yeah, so my pick is going to be, I have very little expertise here, so you should take my opinions here with a little bit of a grain of salt. But I also tend to go for simpler solutions. So any of the the really simple ones I like, I've used Recoil. I guess that'll be my pick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Recoil is great for, I don't think I would use it in like a huge production app that I'm building for like a company or something like that. But if all you need is just you're building a small little app, like some sort of personal project, some sort of like demo, it's just great. It's really simple. You store simple values. Um there's way to get derived state. It's it's just really easy to work with. And I tend to like simple things. I think people reach for things like Redux too quickly, usually. Like there, there's very legitimate use cases for it. And it's a very powerful library, but it's oftentimes overkill for what you actually need. Yeah, have you seen that Grug developer 
thing or yeah, it's like a kind of caveman developer and he's like grug like simple thing you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh which is true i i'm all for simple things too and i'll you know what i'll back you up on uh on this i'll say i'm gonna go with jotai which is actually Daishi Kato's version of Recoil, just because it's yep. in every way, shape, and form better than Recoil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, just I, put that out there. I no, I, I agree. I, I just haven't like it's one of those things where like I learned how one used, and I sure. don't have needs that go beyond it. But yeah, right. if you're going new, I would probably reach for Joe Tai too. Yeah, yeah. and if you like, there's all sorry. Oh well, I would also look into Redux Toolkit because I haven't had the oh, opportunity yeah. to use it, but I know that it's supposed to be a lot simpler and easier to get started with than original Redux. Oh, definitely. If you're going to use Redux, it's like that that guy. You know, if I do Redux, I'm going to use Redux Toolkit. <laughs> you know, absolutely no question. <laughs> and it's got the the Redux Toolkit query stuff built mm-hmm. in, which is basically like a React query built in, and it gives you all of the you know, is this query pending? Is it, did he get an error? What error was it? Blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that we don't write, you know, when we make our, when we do our little use effect with the fetches, you know, all of that stuff is in there and, and good to go. Okay. Who's got the next controversy? Big um, page, right? I'll, t- I'll do a, another lightning, lightning controversy, which Ooh. is font ligatures in your coding IDE or no. And for anybody who's not as familiar, font ligatures is when you'll do the double or the triple equal sign and it will turn it into a three, three slashes or three lines instead. Or you'll do an arrow function and it'll turn it into an actual little arrow in your code. To me, that is like one of the best things that I've ever added to my tooling setup. And I will not go back to ever using a font that doesn't support this. Wait, why would you want this? I don't like I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why. I don't understand this. Complete um, readability is my yeah, my thing. Yeah, absolutely. Is triple equal so hard to eat, to to read? I don't like <laughs> <laughs> it I don't know. Looks beautiful. There it is does. a be- a beauty element to code, isn't there? There's a, there's an aesthetic Mm-hmm. I mean, honest, honestly, I, th- there are times when I see people's code and it's just, it's a mess. They haven't put it through the linter. It's all, it's tabs and spaces. And you're like, are you insane? Right. But, and, and looking at really beautiful, well-formatted code, it's, it's a thing. It's mm-hmm. just, I, there's an artist in me and, and I, the ligatures are great. Italics are great. Like when you get like, and uh, I'll tell you what, that's a spicy take too, because man, I've gotten a few, more than a few comments that are like, this font is terrible on my, yeah, on my, and then other people who are like this, well, I can say 90% are like, this font is the best thing since sliced bread. But the other mm-hmm. thing, other folks are like, I hate italics and go down. Can you read that? That's terrible. <laughs> Which font? I'm probably are you one of the com- Jack. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. I'll go, I'll go check on that while I get, we'll re- get the answer from uh, DJ. Oh, uh, I, I, oh, go ahead, TJ. I'm just just wanted to let Jack know I'm probably one of the commenters on your YouTube videos. <laughs> I've been looking at this and I just my brain does not understand why anybody would want to do this. Yeah. Okay, so I jo- I jostle around between Operator Mono, which is a pay for font, mm-hmm. and JetBrains Mono, which is for free. Yeah. I think I'm on JetBrains Mono currently, and then there's Dank Mono, and yes, uh, yeah, and then that's yeah. Yeah, I use Dank Mono and then Fira Code was the oh yeah Fira is the free good. version of it and it's pretty nice as well. <laughs> well, I will say that at least like this is a local thing, so you could do 
you can do your own thing, right? <laughs> Fair <laughs> unless enough. You're unless, unless, unless you're screen casting. Unless you're screen casting. I'm yeah. telling you, there's a lot of people out there who'd be like, ooh, TJ, that's very sexy. That's, that's a good look you got there in that. Yeah, but, yeah, but see, people, the, there's a group. Except for the light theme. But but here you go, though. Some people, some people will complain about the ligatures, whereas I don't think anybody's going to complain for the lack of ligatures, right? That's that's my... Mm, <laughs> maybe. Real me. Only because they haven't maybe. seen ligatures and seen the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, you know, it's like I... I I got hooked on them. I went to Nike and I looked over this one guy's shoulder at his coat and I was like, "Oh wow, what is that?" That's nice, you know, kind of thing. Well, that's nice. <laughs> and he's like, "That's operator model, blah blah blah." Here's my settings, and I'm, I'm man. I, Twenty minutes later, I was like, "I was hooked, done." I don't care how much it costs, whatever. You know, if I'm looking at it all day and it's like ninety nine bucks, right? Forever worth it. Done, done. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pay twenty bucks to go out bowling. <laughs> Oh, Paige, this was a lightning round, though. You have some more lightnings? Sure. Let's do GraphQL versus REST. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem very lightning roundy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> GraphQL. Why? <Jack>? Why? <laughs> yeah, go. Oh, wow. Oh, why? Yeah, because it's typed. You know, it. It. I can, uh, you know, you can do that same kind of build checking to just make sure that your queries work and all that. And when you change something, you you make sure that it's it's good from front to, from the back. You don't get that with REST. And REST mm-hmm. is just sort of, and it's a standard. Like there's, you know, all kinds of toolings of his Apollo client, Urkel and all that stuff on it. And that's great, right? We're, you know, tell me what the REST client is that's the standard REST client. There's no such thing because REST is this kind of, it's not even a standard. It's just, just, it's just like an idea. It's a concept. I mean, I'll pick REST, but it's mostly because of familiarity. Like mm-hmm. I, I have not done like a serious deep dive with, GraphQL. So I can't, I can't say I have a super educated opinion, but I'm very, very used to rest having used it for over a decade. So yeah, sort of stuck in my ways. I gotta, I gotta agree with you, TJ. I haven't used large scale GraphQL and it just seems like the few times that I've set up projects and done it for smaller things, it's so much extra code. It feels like a lot of boilerplate to, and and one of the things that is nice and is also a complaint about REST is that you get everything back from an endpoint, whereas GraphQL, you have to specify every single thing exactly as you want it. But sometimes, a lot of times, actually, that helps me debug and figure out what what is this thing named that I need. And I know that you can use like the GraphQL playground and things to kind of figure out what are the... What are the options? What are the types? What are the things like that? But REST is just kind of... It seems like a standard that people default to when they're doing projects or when they're doing tutorials or things like that, unless it's GraphQL specific. And same, I've I've just used it a lot. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on how it works for the most part. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. 
Can I just take a quick second, though, to say that there is like this half step in here called TRPC, which is kind of like the best of GraphQL mixed with sort of the ease of REST. You mm-hmm. can still access it from non-TypeScript thing, JavaScript, iOS, Android, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It says basically REST, but it, it does give you that automatic way of like managing the types all the way through. So if your TypeScript on the back end, your TypeScript on the front end, it's boom, you're done. It's just really nice. So TRPC, I'd say if, if you're looking for something up, REST going upwards, but not all the way to GraphQL, it's a nice spot there. Mm. Any Any Thanks. more lightning round? Now, let's go on. Okay. I think it's on me then. So debugger versus console log. (laughs) I'm uh, all in on console log. I'll take it to my grave. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's just the classic standard. It's almost as good as alert, but better. Ooh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I mean, that was the very, very first thing you learn when you're doing JavaScript for the first time. But yeah, console log debugger. I never seem to get the setup right the first time around and it never stops at the breakpoints that I want it to. So console log is definitely the the first thing that I reach for. (laughs) All right, console log just works and it works like the first time. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, this is an array of (laughs) objects, not an object. Okay, so... I just need to get the first item off the array because that's the way this dumb API works is that your get by ID returns an array of zero, a one. <laughs> what? Okay. You know, yeah. And and the other thing is like, I don't, I notice that people don't like use console to its full potential. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot. Oh my God, there's so many things on console. You can do so much stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'll use console.log even when I know it's completely irrational and I could get my answer <laughs> way faster by using the debugger. Like the, for some reason, I view the debugger as like a last resort. And I really shouldn't because usually it's the fastest way, unless it's something really trivi- trivial, usually the debugger is an easier way to debug the problem. But the nice thing about console log is sometimes in the debugger, if you're in some really complex problem, it can be tricky to keep track of where I am. Like, okay, well, which run through the loop am I on? Or oh, like, have yeah. I jumped in here? Whereas if you're clever with your logs, right, you can see like, oh, I want to see all 10 iterations of this loop all at once, right? Because I'll log them all out. So sometimes console.log is legitimately just faster, easier for your brain to parse than going through a debugger. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, you're in that async world where it's like you want to see like, oh, wait, this function is getting called again, but then we're getting the, the response back. And uh oh, you know, this is this is out of order. This is way different than the order that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Can I turn this into a lightning round real fast? Sure. sure. And because I, I was just reminded of the fact that like I use console.log because because uh, GitHub Copilot writes my console.logs for me right away, which brings me to GitHub Copilot versus not not GitHub Copilot. I tried it. And I found it to be more like it just it was it was confusing me. It was not really understanding what I was trying to do. And I just didn't like the suggestions a lot of the times. <laughs> okay, It was like I'm also a no on GitHub Copilot, but it was about like 60 percent annoying 30% like kind of useful. And then like 10% of the time, it genuinely like amazed me, right? They would, it would come up with something like, oh, that's interesting or come up with something useful. But just, it got in the way so much, just like simple things where I was just like, all I'm trying to do is like, do something really simple here and get a co-pilot. It's like, do you want to take the square root of this? Or it's it just like, <laughs> 
come up with this completely irrelevant, like, because it always wants to autocomplete, like always. It always thinks it's it knows what eager. you want to do. It's and it, it's yes. oftentimes right. But when it's not, it's you just want to say, like, just get out of like, I'm, yeah. I know what I'm doing now. Just yeah. stop. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, and I find that in like some of the times when I'm recording videos, too. It's like I had this one where it gave me like a full page <laughs> with a hinting and I'm trying to like explain stuff. But there's this whole like gray code on the screen. You're like, just ignore all that. That's this co-pilot just being just really weird right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that the, the lightning rounds are like three. I, so let me throw in one more lightning round. Real quick. Oh. I want to make one one last note on co-pilot. The, the one time I found it useful and the thing I consider going back to it for is when I've been coding in languages other than JavaScript, mm, like languages yes. I don't know. In that case, it's been outrageously helpful because like I'll be writing some Python and be like, I have no idea how to loop over an array or whatever they're called in Python, right? But I can, like, Copilot can tell me that, like, right away. And mm-hmm. so if you're unfamiliar with some sort of, like, API or ecosystem, that might be the time to do your your free trial of Copilot and <laughs> give it a run. Do they still offer a free trial? I thought, no, I, I wasn't sure if it was Oh, do they not? not? I don't know, maybe. Uh, right, I'm, I'm, I'm Copilot, yes, just to clarify but i will say tj have you having said that is is almost terrifying in a way because you know that for every you who's a javascript you know typescript dare i say expert moving to like a python there is a python person who has no idea how to iterate over a very over an array in javascript who's coming back in and using github the exact opposite and checking code nor code bases that are just like you know maybe terrible so yep. yeah there's that <laughs> and it looks like there is a free trial uh-huh. so uh, I don't know how long for, but you can definitely try before you buy. All right, let me let me come up with my third here. So, Tailwind or a component library? And if you pick a component library, then tell us which one. Hmm. Well, I would have to say not Tailwind, definitely component library. And if I had to just pick one component library right now, I'd probably still go with the Ant Design component library with the Bootstrap one being a strong runner up because I've been using both of those pretty heavily. <laughs> okay. I'm also team no tailwind. I just can't get over the verbose class name <laughs> structures. So I'll pick some sort of component library. We've been using Ant Design and it's been working out halfway decently. So that's not a bad pick. Material isn't. I'm going to violate the law of our, our rules and not pick a specific one. But I guess if I had to pick one, I'll pick Ant just because familiarity. But just not tailwind. I'll, I'll <laughs> put my foot in the ground in that one. Uh, I, boy, I'm such a tailwind advocate, but I gotta say, like for in professional work, probably MUI five, material UI five. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is that is like there's a whole ecosystem around it. It's not just the components and the and the library, which is great, fantastic, you know. And but also like the Figma stuff and and all the templates out there for folks, so that that kind of communication between your front end, like your, your UI UX folks and your, your, you know, us on the front end, you know, you know, Hey, we you start to even like just agree on like a typography, like, Hey, is that a heading one? Is that a heading? Is that a body one or body two, as opposed to like having to literally go through and say, Oh, that's 13 pixels. Okay. That's going to be an H that's going to be a body two. Like, I, I, you know, and then you get it wrong, right? And I'm like, why did you use that mod? Like, okay. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, that, that whole ego, I'm, I'm rambling. Okay. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, about, TJ, you want to go with them? Yeah. How about like a corollary of that and CSS and JavaScript? Yes Ooh. or no? 
Ooh. Oh, just yes or no? Uh, well, like, yes Separate or no, file. maybe like versus yeah. components. Oh, yes or yes or no. Well, start with a yes or no, and then just elaborate a bit on why or why not. All right. Maybe pick a library if you if you say yes. I am going to say no. I was I tried styled components early on in their inception and thought that I liked it, but one of the senior devs on my team pointed out that it it there's just so much code in one file at that point. And now that I've worked on some larger code bases that have used that sort of style, I hate them. And I wish now that I could extract the code out into its own SCSS file or SAS or or even styled modules. But yeah, put them in separate places. They're doing separate things. Just get it out of my way. If I want to write JavaScript, I want to work on logic and components and JSX and not deal with the CSS in the same place. All right. I'm going to say, well played. I'm going to say CSS and JS, yes. Uh, Emotion (laughs) in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, again, it kind of aligns with that MUI 5 thing. They use emotion in MUI 5. And, you know, I think it's because I've I've seen so many times when I'm in projects where they have the SASS file and there's just so much CSS in there and it's unclear, like, is it still being used? I don't know. Is it, is it, you know, is all this stuff important? Like, what's important? Like, Mm -hmm. is 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 it, what's, is is this positioning important? Like, why are you absolute positioning for God's sakes? You know, like, (laughs) it's just hard to, um, you know, figure out. And then like, and it's kind of like a thing like, hey, if you have to put a lot of CSS in the component, or is that really a good thing? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you don't understand what a button is. You know, or, or, you know, maybe you should use a different thing. All right. So I'm also no on CSS and, and JS. I feel like we're singling out Jack for the last. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm used to it. A couple of minutes. I, the big thing is to me, it's similar to Paige. I just find like I want to be writing CSS in a CSS file. It just feels cleaner. Like the uh, even just like the the highlighting and like just everything just makes more sense in my editor, keeping things clean and separate. The other thing about CSS and JavaScript, at least the last time I checked, I did not like the runtime hit of having my styles mm. applied as the components were rendered. Mm. And I know some of the libraries had been working on ways of doing that, like at compile time or coming up with some ways of doing that. But I haven't researched that in probably a good year plus. So I don't know where all of that is at. But I I did not like the fact that that was happening at runtime when I first sort of researched this about a year back. So I am a no. Ooh. But wait a second, hold, 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 hold. so you guys are all, you're on into Svelte nowadays, and Svelte has the style tags in the in the file? It does. And it does? I'm not a huge fan of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like how Svelte does it. It's like automatically scope. See, it's, it's separate, though. Like, it's a style tag in there. It's not yeah. just like me writing some weird syntax, like JavaScript syntax of doing CSS. Within that style tag, I can write CSS. So, yeah. That's true. I guess one of my biggest beefs with CSS in JS is that I've I've worked on a Next project, which I think was using like the most basic CSS styling that Next comes built in with. And it is it doesn't format correctly. So exactly what Jack was saying, you have no idea if the CSS is even being used. You can't tell where it doesn't, you know, reformat on save. It, It doesn't highlight. (laughs) <laughs> it's just, it's really hard to look at and parse through. And I wish with all my might that it was built with 
separate CSS files because it's so hard to figure out what's going on sometimes. Yeah, it, it always is. Every time I run into a project like that, it just means they really haven't used a design system at all. And it's just like, it's just literally starting they sh- from a reset. This yeah. is sort of style every page independently. You're like, oh my God. Right. No. It's like, this seems like a proof of concept, not something right? that's become our production application, which is always what happens. <sighs> yeah. The CEO is like, I built this app of my garage and this is fantastic. You're like, okay. (laughs) Yes, it is, sir. All right. Paige had a good suggestion in chat and maybe this would be a good one to to end on because it's related to controversial topics. Are there any, like, what what sort of silly coding hills are you prepared to die on? Like, what's your, what's, what are some of your, your small little things? And if you need a minute to think about, I can start with some of mine. So, there's a there's a couple settings I have on in my IDE that like that they'll you'd have to rip away from me. So one is in VS Code, there's a setting to see a, a thing for a space or a tab. So like it actually shows a character, like it's a tiny little dot for a space, it's a tiny little line for a tab. Mm-hmm. But I'm like OCD about needing to see that. Like I don't know why, but like my brain works so much better if I can actually see the spaces and not yeah. uh, space there. It helps me like because my coding brain hates mixed tabs and spaces, right? So uh, I can see that in a heartbeat with that that flag set on. And I, I need like this is a hard requirement of me. Like when I first started using VS Code, I had to find that setting. And once I found it, I was like, okay, well, I, I can I could do this. <laughs> I, I hey mixed space. Like- Either use tabs or use spaces, but mixed spaces and tabs are a crime against nature. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's no question. No, do not do that. My JavaScript hill, I'm, I'm, I am actually willing to die on this hill, is const versus let. Oh, yeah. wow. Don't, like, if it's a, I, I use const constantly, literally, mm-hmm. and I try to reduce the number of lets in my app down to, like, zero, hopefully. It'd be great if we can do zero. Um, and then I see people just, like, it's, it's a style thing, you know, it's the less characters to use let, and it's like, no, no. you're literally giving up a full a, a full language feature you know for yeah. uh, some aesthetic like what no this is craziness like use const yeah if it's const use const there's and, and then the, and the, the, the remix guys piss me off to no end because they're like you know <laughs> oh what blah 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 you know and it's because you know arrays or references are and, and objects or references therefore as const isn't really const oh give me a break it's a it's a const reference, you know, and then you can also make the as const. You, even in TypeScript, you can actually make it const. The contents const if you want. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. That. <laughs> that's that's one I really am way to die on. I don't. Mine is more of a stylistic thing as well. But whenever I pick up a new project or or start a new code base or join a project, the first thing that I want to do always is turn on format on autosave which is a VS Code setting. So as soon as you, basically, as soon as you change focus from the tab that you're currently in, it will reformat your code. And then the second part of that, which kind of goes hand in hand, is throwing in a prettier RC file of some sort. And it just can be the like the most basic, you know, 80 characters for a line, two tabs or spaces, and then like hanging commas or something. I don't need much. But I need those two things because I cannot really function now without auto formatting my code after I've finished writing. It, it's a validator. It's, it says you. It says it you is. got it right. Your 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 tabs are all your 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 braces are all lined up. And blah 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 blah. And it's like I'm hitting save, and it's like not. 
changing. And it's like, right. oh, I'm missing a, something. a paran or whatever. And then it saves you. are like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I sometimes I've because I've only started doing this somewhat recently and I've found it amazing on how often I can use it for exactly what you said. It's almost like a sanity check. Like, mm-hmm. crap, did I close all these parentheses? Right. right. You just hit save <laughs> in it and you find no, out right nope, away. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> And if you got it right, it's like, well, I put that feels like the right number of parentheses. And sometimes you sometimes you nail it and it feels good. It's like it fixes it all for you. It's like, oh, man, I crushed that. Oh, and can you imagine like this is the reason why I never do Lisp languages, because it's like at least in JavaScript, you have you have have curly braces and you also have parens. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so at least there's like sometimes it's like and paren, and curly, and paren, paren, you know, whatever, and you're like, whatever. But, like, there's some differentiation. There's at least two. But, like, in, in, in you know, in an ellipse-based language, it's, like, literally, it's just, like, how many ellipses can we throw on this thing? Oh, it's until it's it chaos. It's, it's chaos. <laughs> it's nuts. What are you, you're out of your mind. <laughs> yes. So, I've got another small thing, but in my editor, I always like to use some sort of theme or whatever that shows me an icon next to the file name, or, mm-hmm. more importantly, actually, an actual folder icon next to folders, which I mm-hmm. boggles my mind is not the default. And like, it wasn't the default in Sublime. It's not the default theme in VS Code. So yeah. you see like a little arrow right next to the to a folder name, but not like an actual little icon of a folder. And I don't know why, but I need that actual folder. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like 10 by 10 pixels, <laughs> but it, it, it grounds me. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. It grounds me. That's great. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And another thing that is ridiculously small, but also helps me with code validation is bracket colorizer. And there's, mm. you know, there's a million extensions for this now out on VS Code. And there might actually be one that's built into it, but it just, it colors your curly braces, your brackets, your ellipses, your whatever, so that you can tell. And it highlights in red if there's one that's missing or one that's extra. So it helps you figure out what, Ooh. where did I screw up? Oh yeah, I might and have it's pretty that. pretty helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I love yeah, it. Yeah, drop a drop a link, man. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know mine is the bracket colorizer that I use is saying like this has been deprecated for a hundred years. Why are you using this kind of thing? Yes, so, you know, I th- think there are this. So whatever you use and it's not deprecated, please let let all of us. <laughs> I, I got I got since we're on the topic of editors, I've got one last lightning round one. Okay, Mini, editor minimap, yes or no? Oh, hot garbage, throw I've it away. I don't even use it. it. I, you know, I use amazing mainly for scrolling or, or to pick out like when you've got like mergers. That's it. That's basically all I ever use it for. I, I threw mine out. Like, I still can't believe, I think it's still the default though. Like it's it is. Oh, default definitely. on and I, yeah. I, I don't get it. Like I, it's like the first thing I do in any editor is like, oh crap, that stupid thing's on. How, what's the setting and <laughs> to shut it off? I'm going to turn it off right now. Cause I mean, yeah, you'll sleep better tonight. Because I've never used it. it. What does it actually do it. for you? I nothing, nothing. <laughs> it does nothing. I think in theory it's supposed to be like because it gives you an area like because you see your whole file like yeah. in a mini map. So if you wanted to like quickly go to the bottom of the file, you'd like click the bottom of it. But the thing is, you could also just I don't know hit the scroll wheel for a half second to get where you need to, or like I don't know. I've just never gotten it. Plus, if your file's that big, break it up. Yeah, that too. You know, if, come if on. you need a mini map of your file, right? Maybe that's a sign. Good lo- yeah, that's a sign, <laughs> you know, from the man of from heaven, coding. Yeah, 
you're I think doing I just it wrong. completely ignored it and never even like <laughs> registered that it's there. Right. Doing <laughs> it's randomly taking a five percent of your screen. You're right. like, just give that away. <laughs> just give that screen real estate away. Who needs that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been phenomenally fun, but I think it's time for picks. So, um, yeah, let's do some picks. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. TJ, you want to kick us off? Sure. I'm going to pick Portal 2, which is now available on the Switch. I think I might have picked Portal 1 before because... They they released them as a package that you can buy on the like Nintendo eShop for the Switch. And I played Portal 1 back in the day. It's a decently old game. It's probably one of my top five or six games all time. And I started, I never played Portal 2, though. I don't know why, for whatever reason. And we started playing it this weekend. And it's just a bunch of fun. It's like a, it's a sequel to the original. So if you know, the, the original story is like legendarily good. And the sequel like builds on top of it. So We've had a lot of fun playing through it. It runs pretty good on the Switch. Like, it's good enough. And just you get all the advantages of playing, like, on a big TV Switch controller. So we're having fun with it. And and there's a there's a song. There's a re- actually genuinely good song that came out, I think, Portal, Portal 1. You know, it's the end credits. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I played it on the way to a robotics tournament once with all these robotic geek kids. And we were just all yelling the song. It's, it, it's hilarious. If you if you want to relive it, it's 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 good. It's quite good to play over again because I I remember part of it, but not all of it. So it was a lot of fun to go through again. Yeah, it's it's a pretty quick game too. Like you can beat it in I don't know. Like it probably took us like you know eight nine hours. But I'm I'm also playing with some eleven year olds. So we're <laughs> if you if you really know what you're doing, you could if you really know what you're doing, you can probably get through it in five six hours. <laughs> all right, Paige. Nice. My pick this week is going to be the movie that came out about a month ago now called Bullet Train, um, mm. which is Ooh. the Brad Pitt one. And it is it's fun from beginning to end. It's not for kids. There's plenty of, of samurai swords and death <laughs> and destruction. But it is it's really entertaining. And it's kind of one of those breakneck speed films where it just doesn't stop moving the whole time. So if you are, and it was really just really entertaining. I found myself laughing a lot. So if you kind of like the absurd and you like Japanese and anything related to Japan, because this all takes place on a bullet train in Japan. Oh, right. Makes sense. Um, There's no bullet trains would, in America. <laughs> yeah, not yet. This is single uh, tier. Right. <laughs> I would say it's definitely worth going to see either in theaters or whenever it comes out on, you know, streaming is a good one. Definitely a regret I have going to Japan, not not actually jumping on a Shinkansen. You know, that would have been really cool, you know? Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gave in to some ads online and got a solo stove. The, the I don't know, maybe you've seen it in your browser too. Like, you know, the, the smokeless kind of outdoor fire pit. And we tried it out a couple nights ago and nobody was on their phone. Nobody was, everybody was just staring at the fire, telling stories. And it was just nice, you know, like it was kind of cool. I mean, we did, did the s'mores thing and it was just nice. 
you know? So, I mean, you know, maybe make a fire pit in your backyard. I know it's fire season and all that. So for a lot of people, you know, obviously California is like getting hit hard, heat and all that. But like when it, when it cools down with, or, or starts to cool down as much as we cool down nowadays. Yeah, it's nice. I'm going to check this out because we have, our deck has a hole in it for a hot oh. tub. And our oh. hot tub is long since broke. Be, and I'm like sick of maintaining the thing. And so our thought is like, well, but the problem is we have a hole cut for a hot tub in the deck. And so one of our thoughts was like to turn this into like a mini like fire pit. And this might work quite well for that, honestly. Tell you what, that fire, my next door, literally my next door neighbors, you had a party the next night and he has a like a homebrew fire pit, literally just like go to, go to Lowe's, get a bunch of bricks, throw them around, <laughs> you know, there you go, bang, fire pit. There, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was smoky. You know, and you're sitting there like, oh, you know, you're, yeah. you know, well, that's what I think. But this one, no. I mean, you know, we hung about around, around it for like an hour and a half and like didn't smell like smoke the next day. <laughs> you know, easy to control. And it's on my deck. It's on my wood deck. But you got to just, you know, there's a ring that you can get around the bottom for it to lift it off the deck a little bit. And then I got a like a spark mat so mm-hmm. that, you know, the little pop, you know, the sparks would go off. They wouldn't obviously ignite our deck, which would not have been great. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it works great. You know, it's awesome. Nice. And it's really nice, guys. I mean, you know, yeah, you, you got out, out there with your kids, the fam, you know, just chilling. And it's just nice to be off the phones for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I remind me of like 20 years ago when, you know, would have, you know, decent conversations with the folks. And they're not just like <laughs> yeah. getting their eight hours a day of screen time in. Jack diving into the controversies episode till the end. (laughs) (laughs) Phone, no phone. (laughs) Yeah, TikTok, no TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, I find myself wanting to unplug a lot more than I used to. I feel like lately, especially, I've been using my phone and all the social media stuff as a crutch. So I'm trying to be a lot more cognizant of how, how often I open those apps and just trying to not not do it as much personally life and people are so much more fun than social media yeah yeah well this has been awesome guys i mean yeah really really fun you know these these panelist episodes are really great and i enjoy them a lot hope y'all listening do too (laughs) yeah of course jump in our discord if we're wrong about any of this so give us some grief like you know tell us about how you like mixed tabs and spaces (laughs) you maniac Tell us about the hill that you're willing to die on. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure there are a lot. Okay, we'll see you all next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.